Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up, Ray? Trisden, what is that hat? That is a groovy hat. That is a Tortuga's hat. That's a Cincinnati Reds minor league team. So is that the Tortuga on the front of your hat? Yes. Which is? It's some kind of turtle? A turtle. Or a turtle? Yes. Okay. Or Tor- tortoise. I don't know if tor- there's tortoise. a difference. Yeah. And that's the Reds AAA team? Yeah, I believe they're wow. from Dayton. So really? yeah, probably a, an ocean Never been turtle. to a Tortuga's game? I have not, but they, they will come set up at Reds Fest and like sell swag of all the Reds minor league teams. You know what, and- though? That'd be cool. Dayton's not that far. Drive up. And I, I went up to Columbus years back when Raymond was a little guy. Our buddy Heavy D was living up there and went to a Columbus Clippers game. Which oh, was awesome. uh, yeah, Yankees. Triple, oh, man. And that stadium, Trizden. Now, what was cool about that stadium is you walk through it. It's the Yankees AAA. So there's DiMaggio and Ruth and Jeter and on and on and on. Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, hanging uh, pictures of all of them. But the stadium, like I said to Ray, Mr. Steinbrenner didn't spend this stadium. <laughs> it was built in like 1920. It was one of those cement bowls, like, you know, the Rose Bowl or the Yale yeah. Bowl. It was just falling apart. Those- I think it's since been torn down. And uh, quick, quick correction: Daytona, not Dayton. Oh, I Daytona, left the a, which makes sense for the sea turtle. Uh, that's a little further to travel. A little to. bit of a trip. But I, well, yeah. I just thought Cincinnati Reds, Dayton, it would make would sense. make sense. Well, it's a lower league team, so you're probably not bringing up. You know, that the would be funny. Guys. Uh, okay, so boss, I'm in Dayton. What? <laughs> Daytona. I mean, that's what two thousand miles here to pitch. Yeah, give or take. Uh, <laughs> I'm in fucking Daytona. It's funny you said that though about uh, minor league stadiums. You know, we used to play our. Uh, I played in the Mexican league for forever. You may remember that. Randomly. I do. Habla espanol. Habla espanol, indeed. And the All Star game would be played at the Lexington Legends Field, which was weird. Yeah, I remember stadium, that. You got, was it was very else. exciting. Yeah, so much fun. And then the the thing, it is kind of like backstage like you get in and see those dugouts and man they are garbage like it's just you'll uh, open uh, up the uh, bathroom and it's like an outhouse and you know just trash and, and that's up at the old applebee's the park old, yeah at the old applebee's park in lexington oh, God, and it's like funny. man these you know these kids are not being treated like you know oh, the, God, no. you know the one out of 20 of them that's gonna be oh, a million gosh no that's yeah. why bull durham was so great you yeah. know in the batting practice the baseballs are all white uh that was uh were you pitching then yeah. In that Hispanic thing. league? Yep. It well, was- everything. You know, that was the nice thing. In college, I pitched, and then, you know, in the Mexican league, it was third base, first base, shortstop. You know, pretty much I've never was played. Was it actually Calvary. Mexican league, or was it like Hispanic league? Well, it was Los Americas Baseball League Los that was Americas. run by Hispanic folks. Had to be some damn good ball players. Really? Well, it was fascinating because you'd have guys that wouldn't have made my high school team, and then you'd have guys that just graduated UK that played four years that would come in, you know, throwing 95 miles per hour. So it was amazing, man. You'd play one day and, you know, against three minor leaguers. I do remember yeah, when you did. That was, was 
back in back in the aughts. Yeah. Well, I you, man, I just quit in sixteen. So sixteen, and I still am tempted every now and again, like to go back up and play a few games. I would love to, but yeah. So I've probably. Yeah, six, seven years now since I've That's strapped very, it on. Yeah, it'd be tough to do it. Now, since you strapped it on? Yeah. <laughs> no, I always strap it on. But <laughs> do you? The cleats, the cleats oh, okay. that I strapped on. Yeah, you got to watch. Um, which, actually, I heard just driving here, the Catholic Church. Did you see this, Dedic? No. Pope Frankie, Pope mm, Francis, no. they... Um, I don't. It might be a terrible segue out of strapping it on, but <laughs> basically they uh, are making room for the gay, lesbian, and transgender community. But what they're doing, it's kind of like abortion in America. This is, you know, Catholic Church wide, so it's literally all over the world, and they're leaving it up to the discretion of the priests, the way I understand it. So if I'm running a church and you're running a church, and I'm a little more liberal and you're sort of a, you know biblical constructionist you would say no my bible doesn't allow it and the more progressive priest would say no fine come to my church which is pretty stunning for the catholic church i mean they've taken an anti-homosexual stand for a lot of years yeah well good for them kind of now there's going to be backlash oh of course you know yeah the old timers are always gonna i saw this comedian once who said you know i grew up catholic He, he said the catholics tell me that it's fine to be homosexual as long as you don't act on your homosexuality, which is kind of funny because I feel the same way about the church. It's fine to be Catholic <laughs> as long as you don't act on your Catholicism. Nice. Touche. <laughs> now, and imagine that, like, you know, we're straight guys, but imagine if somebody yeah, told you. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but imagine if you were told at 15 years old, you can be straight. You can just never act on it. That's bizarre. Fucking imagine that life. Yeah, like, what right. a well, that's, that's a fair way horrible, to look at it. Which is, you know, <laughs> right. I'm sure think some about of these that. priests are so crazy. They've been, you know, they've been told they're that's whole, really repress true. your sexuality in, in forever. A, in a different world, uh, you've entered the twilight zone or the mirror of this world. So you're 15 and you're straight and your hormones are raging. And all you want to do is get with a woman and they tell you, oh, it's fine to be straight. You can just never act on it. Right. That's a great way to put yeah. it. I mean, good luck. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You wonder why priests are a little fucking twisted? Now, I've got an even a way, way worse segue, but I do have this on the list that I wanted to ask you about it. Now, this is a, a true story from my day yesterday. I, on lunch, I usually take a walk with my wife around the block, which will include neighbor encounters periodically. They, hey, how's it going? Whatever. So we have a new sure. group of neighbors. Which is exactly why I don't walk around my block. <laughs> Smart. Or you put the headphones in <laughs> and you get Or the phone. Less. The phone's good for that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so. Sorry. <laughs> There's a new family that's kind of behind us adjacent, and it, it's the street behind our house, kind of a circle loop. And a new family moved in. They've got like six kids. Wow. You know, we haven't really, they've got like this whole, like a school bus out front to pack these kids around, and it's like crazy. So let me guess, they played in the Mexican baseball league? <laughs> they did not. They actually, just some, some old fashioned whiteies. <laughs> And so we're, we're walking yesterday. Come for the racism. <laughs> Stay for the yeah, homophobia. <laughs> and, uh, so the, uh, the, the we're walking around and there's like six of these kids and they're both their parents and their dog. And they're in the road flying a kite yesterday ah. as we're walking. It was one of those cool big kites that yeah. not pertinent to the story. Right. Um, <laughs> walk up. You know, you literally can't miss the folks because they're in the road. And so we start introducing ourselves. Hey, we kind of live behind you there. You know, I'm Jimmy. I'm, you know, Christine, whatever their names were. I'm bad with names. And uh, so all the kids were like saying, hi, very friendly kids, which I always like because a lot of kids you'll see in the four, five, six years old are just very shy. They were all very friendly. Hey, how's it going? And like waving and just being so nice. Their four-year-old boy walks up to me like this. 
Oh, wow. This is the touchdown, the hands up, the pick me up sign. So the little boy walks over to me, puts his hands up for me to pick him up. What do you do? <sighs> That's a tough one, man. Because I don't know these people. Yeah, right. Probably big off picking them up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. See, I went all in. I grabbed the little Did bastard you? and just picked him right up. And? It seemed fine, cool. but my what? wife has said now for going on 20 hours, that was the most ridiculous thing she's ever seen me do. Oh, wow. Should have never done it. And, you know, I guess a little of me sees that, but, you know, just kind of in the moment he walks over and he puts his arms up. I just grabbed the little tyke and did the parents up. react. They seem fine. Yeah. They didn't say a word. We were literally having a conversation, which continued with their kid on my shoulder. Oh, that's funny. And then, you know, 20 seconds, I put him down and th that was the end of it. But as we continued our walk, my wife was like, admonishing you're, you, you're a psychopath. Like you cannot yeah, pick no, somebody's kid up. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, the kid was, yeah, if you ran off with him, maybe. Well, sure. but, or if I like so approached she, him and grabbed him up. Yeah, no, that would, over yeah, that would be very bad. Up. So yeah. she thought it was kind of a social faux pas. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, I mean, I, I, it's uncomfortable, right? Like, kind of, what do you do? But and, I don't like kids. Get out of here. And I'm but, really not a big kid may, person anyway. Yeah, so maybe she's thinking, you know, unfortunately, it's not the 1970s anymore. So maybe she's thinking with all of this top of mind, you know, abduction and shit, that that was a bad move. But I no, I don't think, you know. I think it's more about how the parents reacted. If they were good with it, then... Right. And the sort of the situation sort of felt like, as the kid kind of approached, like, the parents saw him, like, they saw him kind of walking up, and, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, if, because you, you know parents that are like, Jimmy, get over here. Jimmy, leave those folks alone, you know, that are going to... Keep that from ever being a possibility. Sure. And they were just kind of like, man, we're flying a kite. Like, they were all just yeah, no, nice and friendly. Cool. And I, I so, think that's okay. <laughs> right. I mean, if you started telling them, like, you know, clown jokes or something. Yeah. You know. And we kissed a little the, bit. The Is that weird? I kissed him on the forehead. Like, love you, little guy. The clown and the that little kid. Well, yeah, maybe. But the clown, the clown and the little kid walking into the woods together. And the little kid says, I'm scared to death. And the clown says, you're scared. I'm going to be walking out of here alone. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you'd have told him <laughs> nice. that. All right. So I got to mention two friends of ours. Well, <coughs> one friend of mine. Uh, so Wade Evans used to work. For, I've known Wade since he was eight, maybe. And can when you're done, can I quickly mention one more uh, of our friends as well? Sure. Do you want me to do it now? Or yeah, sure. Done? If do yours is long, I'll do it quick. Yeah, it's always long. It's me. All right. Uh, Jamie Boggs, John Bailey, who yeah, do True, yeah. Trine, sure, True sure, Crime sure. Cast, invited me to be a part of a podcast they did. And I've had it on the list to mention it for four weeks, and I've not done wow. it. Wow. And I really want to get it out there. And I've actually, I've just listened to it. It was really awesome. It's called Paradigm, and it's a true crime podcast that they did in parts. It was like a six-part serial podcast about this group of murders in Tennessee that occurred, I think, uh, circa 1994-ish. But I got to be a voice actor. In nice. It. So, uh, you know, if you get a chance, it's kind of like... I will like, definitely listen to it. Oh, it's so good. And I wanted to thank them for that and direct our listeners, of course, if you get a chance, check out Paradigm. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, it, it was pretty cool. So is it one separate podcast called Paradigm, or is that the show they're doing? It, exactly. Well, I think... My understanding is I don't know if they will do different shows gotcha, under the Paradigm gotcha, umbrella. Gotcha. So this was either the first of many that will come out or that was just the whole name of the series. And if they do another series, it will be named something completely different. Yeah, I look forward to it. But yeah, okay. so thanks, Jamie and John, for that opportunity. And they bought me pizza for doing the voice acting. Beautiful. What's Pete? What beats that? Beautiful. So yeah, check that out. You'll I get will. a kick out of it. And, and now you, you may continue. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say hi to Wade, who um, I've known since he was probably eight, coached him in Little League, and then he actually worked for us for a time at Galaxy Bowling, and he was uh, very good friends with Raymond. And Wade is the kind of kid that you meet him and me with my pretentious Northeast approach to life that I 
you know, forged myself in Jersey 28 years, hard to get away from. Be like, oh, this redneck. And he's one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. And I've said that you can't be, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not calling you a dope, Wade, but you can't be a dope and make people laugh. I mean, Fair. I guess you can do slapstick, but if you well, are people witty. People can laugh at you, but not, people not can laugh with, at you. But Wade's a witty song of gun. He will make yeah. you laugh. And the way, um, I remember I was talking about Dave Cox and he had that story, the bear, and I said yes. I couldn't finish the story. Yes. So Wade stopped by and he goes, so what's the finish to that bear and Cadillac story? And I was like, what? He goes, the one you, t-. I said, are you a listener? So he works in a factory, puts his headphones in, listens to a series of podcasts, including ours. How awesome is that? That's great, Thanks, man. Wade. So yes, thank you, Wade. Yeah, and he's cool a good thing. dude. Now the other one is our good buddy, Fat Johnny, who uh, he said, man, you can't use my last name. So It you starts know, with an R though, right? Starts with an R and, ry- and rhymes with Nizek. <laughs> Um, so we're texting the other day about, and I just got to bounce this off you because this is what's so mad. And you know, John is a, he's definitely a conservative, but I don't think he's a MAGA conservative, but I don't really know. He could be a hidden MAGA conservative. I would assume he voted for Trump and I haven't asked him if he would again, but we're talking about, um, you know, this upcoming election. He asked me who I thought. I said, I, I think this was, I can show you, this was probably Monday night ahead of the election. And I said, I think Bashir will prevail just by a couple of points. You know, it seems like he, 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 you know, he, uh, is deserving of a second term. I find, I find myself thinking about Andy Bashir the way I do with Joe Biden. You know, they may not be superstars, but they've each been competent executives. Right. And then, um, Something came up, you know, I said, abortion guns, still two of the biggest culture issues. And then, of course, uh, the fear that MAGA wants to end American democracy plays a role. And he texts back to me. And I love this, Tristan, because, well, the fear that Democrats want to end American democracy is just as big an issue. Where? Where is that just as big an issue, John? You got to tell me. Then that's what these people believe. So is it that they think that the left has co-opted all of the culture wars and they want every kid to be transgendered and they want this and that? Like, like we watched a storming of the Capitol building that Republicans right. were about. That's tangible. Where is the equivalency? I know there's right. whack jobs on the left. Sure. But where is the equivalency to end democracy, Tristan? The only thing about that that makes sense is the... They're saying we're trying to end democracy. So, you know, the Tucker Carlson's of the world muddy that water. Democrats are, you know, so then it just becomes of this. Well, both parties are bad. False equivalency situation. Exactly. Yes, because you can say, I don't like the way Democrats are taking American culture. I don't like, you know, homosexuals marrying. You can say lots of things that are happening that you don't like. But I think it's pretty unfair to assume that if Joe Biden lost the election, he's going to stay. He's going to try to no. We're by huge any, difference. Any means necessary. Huge Martial difference. Yes. Yes. A huge there, difference. There's not in nothing that I've seen in my lifetime a democratic threat to our political system. And if if I'm missing something, tell me what it is. And to your point, plenty of nut jobs. But there's not. There was no January 6th of Democrats. No equivalency. Nothing. Right. And I couldn't concur with you more. I get the fear of, you know, they want your five-year-old to explore their sexuality, the story you were telling the other day, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, I get all that. But that's not the ending of fucking democracy. That are, those are just culture issue differences. Sure. 
Their culture, just like guns. There's no Democrat trying to take your gun. You know, maybe maybe we can rein in assault weapons that are designed for battlefields. Maybe, probably not. I'm watching those Republicans in debate last night, and you said you watched it. I watched it, yeah. So all five of them basically said, ban TikTok, ban TikTok. And, yes. I, said, and I watched it. Raymond, to his credit, hung with me. He was, you know, my son. It's like, oh, Dad, really? But then he, I don't care, Dad. But then he watched the whole thing and then sent me a clip of Vivek Ramaswamy from earlier in the debate because we tuned it in about 40 minutes. It's in that I think we're going to play later. But all five of them, Tristan, are talking about banning. I'm doing air quotes, banning TikTok. And first of all, and I'm saying to myself, well, first of all, America's not a country that bans shit. And oh, by the way, if you motherfuckers want to ban something, why don't you start with assault weapons? Forget about <laughs> fucking TikTok and ban assault weapons. You know, we're going to ban TikTok and we're going to let mass murderers, you know, just keep shooting people. Right. I mean, you know, God damn. And they danced around. There was at one point, fuck, I, I wish I'd, you know, actually taken some notes and prepared for the show. But there was another point in the debate. <laughs> oh, don't ever do that. Okay. <laughs> they were sort of dancing around. Uh, oh, God. They were, they were mad about a, a shooting. And they were dancing all around everything but the fact that guns were a part of it. And I was like, I think that Boy, was, that's a dance. Yeah, I didn't see that. I think that was before it. But that idiot, Sean Hannity, he, because, all right, because here's what's happening, Tristan. So that guy up in uh, Maine, right, one of the largest gun-owning states in the country. It's fucking Maine. It's right. the most rural state east of the Mississippi. Yeah. And yeah. gives 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 a, a run to the Montanas and the Wyomings. Those people have guns. Yeah. Well, that guy... You know, there were people armed, I'm sure, in that bowling alley. But you've got a guy with, a, again, a weapon designed for the battlefield. And Sean Hannity, so now that argument, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So that argument's kind of been blown away, no right. pun intended. And so Hannity's on there talking about, well, you know, I'm a trained martial artist. And my martial... Oh, really, Sean? <laughs> You're a trained martial artist when this guy's 30 yards right. from you with a fucking scope on his rifle. I'm going to go hey, karate chop your AR. Come on, dude. Yeah. yeah oh, they're, they're so and of course, abortion, I mean, is just an issue that just kills Republicans and, you know, whatever. It really did, even, you know, <sighs> in, in this governor's election. It just really feels like that's just going to haunt them until they get a message that American women are fine with and, Trisa, and they do not yet they do not and don't know what to do with it talk about dancing around and, well they've and spent the last 40 years you know oh, using it as a political culture my bible and That's now right. it's like oh shit we're gonna lose let's well 15 weeks is okay man what if we do that you know it's yeah it's pretty fast now my buddy lucas who you know well and i manage the center with is uh <laughs> and i take some pride in this Tris, and i think lucas would begrudgingly admit it he is a much i think his family hates me but he is a much <laughs> much less conservative gentleman now than he was in 2011 when he came to work right. 2012 That's awesome. he's been listening to my bullshit for over a decade right and his wife is still i think ashley has moved a bit but she was pretty much a single voter or single issue voter which was abortion yeah They're very staunchly pro-life now god bless them they've got four children right and he's 35 with four children but um i said to him which is not a revelation, but I did know that this was going to happen. I said, man, you got to be careful what you wish for, because if Roe gets overturned, there is going to be a shitstorm, and there has been a shitstorm. It has played yeah. so well for Democrats. Now, you can't win on one issue, but right. if I'm a Democrat, I'm mentioning in every address that oh, I have. Of you know, course. Trump is proud of the fact that he put three pro, you know, anti-abortion uh, lawyers or uh, uh, judges on the court, yeah. and he's the guy that overturned it for you. Now, as states like Ohio put it into the Constitution, it becomes less of an issue. 
Right. Because, you know, you do about basically it, Ohio ratified abortion. Right. You know? Yeah. Now, it will be interesting because the pro-life movement doesn't go away. So what do they try and move the ball and try and come up with something else? The people of Ohio have spoken, but they're not going to accept it, I don't think. No. And it'll be, it will be fascinating in some of those states right. to see where it goes. And I would make two quick points. One, I've had several uh, conversations with Lucas just randomly had you not been at the bowling alley or whatever and we're killing a few minutes never had a, a conversation with him where I thought no oh, shit he's so wrong he's very reasonable oh yeah and, yeah you know conservative yeah. very, very smart reasonable dude. smart guy oh no doubt yeah, about a great it. conversation yeah with no doubt I'd and, love to get him on here and as then the second quick point about abortion I won't say his name but a great friend of mine who is probably one of the most traditionally conservative folks I know I don't think he was quite as uh enamored with trump as others but certainly the old school you know very christian conservative guy and he was going to a, a republican meeting and he told me about this and i was fascinated a that they said this and then that he would tell me but it was you know that's uh, in the county that he's from in kentucky and it's some kind of powerful guys and i hope i'm telling the story right in case he listens but it was basically then this was a, a decade ish ago and they said guys you really don't want to overturn this. And this was the, the you know, like kind of a, a higher up Republican. And it was, it looks great to talk about it, but once it goes away, it's a losing issue for us. He was exactly right. And I was fascinated by that. Cause this is a rural Kentucky County. And, you know, because I think most of the time they sort of tote that line of, you know, well, sure and bad and you know, right. whatever. Right. So, but yes. And, and I think that that, from a decade ago has proven very, very true. hundred percent. Because if you, it's an issue that is overwhelmingly going to anger females it is. in a free country. It absolutely is. Overwhelmingly. Yes. Gonna anger, even if they're conservative females. And even I think if they're, that, right. uh, you know, right-wing females. Yes. And I'm yet Which to, has been proven. Yeah. And even, you know, talking about guys like, and, and Lord knows, you know, where we're at, I've got some of the most, you know, Pentecostal snake handling type of like very, very, very conservative friends. And even they will tell you, probably not in public. Well, if my daughter got raped and she's 13, I'd want her to be able to, you you know, so it's not nobody really. And maybe there's a very small number, but. I've never met anybody that would say my daughter can get raped and not. Well, I would love to know who the political consultant was behind the ad with the young girl from Western Kentucky. So what a powerful ad. My goodness, man. So if you don't know what we're talking about, we just came through a governor's election and where Andy Bashir, the incumbent Democrat, prevailed over Daniel Cameron, the uh, state attorney general, uh, African-American gentleman. And by all accounts, a nice enough guy. He he hurt himself with Breonna Taylor. That was not a good look. And then he kind of attached himself to Matt Bevin, the former governor who Bashir had beaten in 2019. But uh, pro-life, pro-choice became a part of the campaign. Cameron was fervently, by all accounts, fervently anti-abortion up to and including incest and rape and they brought this young girl on i don't know maybe 16 i think she would have had to have been 18 to do the commercial Possibly. Maybe, but okay. she looked very young and she might have been 16 when she was raped something like that or younger yeah. so um she I think talked- it was an ongoing thing with a, maybe a stepfather or something yes and she talked about how if daniel cameron were were governor she would not you know, be, you know, no uh, exceptions. Um, she would have had to, ch- to bring to term a child who was the product of a rape by a stepfather. And God dang, was it a powerful ad. The first time I saw that ad, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, damn. Same. That is a powerful ad. Right. You know? And, and again, this is kind of off, I think, the point you're making. But I also thought, man, 
I hope Republicans aren't mean to her for doing that commercial because I mean, obviously she's had a pretty traumatic life and then took a lot of courage for her to say, man, I think if you're going to be on every TV in the state, look, I voted for Bashir. I'm glad he won, but I think just from the, um, if you are just a follower, you know, we're lovers of politics. A lot of people are just followers of politics. I don't care what your left, right are. You watch that ad and you're like, wow, regardless of what the, you know, when there's a good ad, And that's the situation that resonates with even the most fervent anti-abortion folks. They want to wrap their minds around the, well, we got to end the nine-month abortions and stuff, which, again, I think is not even a thing that really happens. It's like one, and it's always the life of the mother. Right. It's always like the baby's going to come out with no skin and scream in misery until it dies. So can we please that? You know, and again, those situations, that's, that's a doctor situation. But yeah, I think looking at that young lady in that commercial, everybody has to sort of deal with their worst fear, which is, look, if this is passed exponentially, this could happen to you. Right. This is a real Kentucky young lady that's been through the worst thing you can imagine. Imagine had she not been able to abort her stepfather's child. Right. Nobody wants to even imagine that happens, let alone see this in reality. Yeah, no, so it, was, it was very powerful. Very, very powerful. Very powerful. So is there any chance at compromise with that issue? What about the 15-week deal? Well, you, I think... There's always going to be some pushback. To your point, the pro-life folks are always oh, sure. going to exist, and sure, they'll sure, be pushing. Sure. Right, and you know the uh, you know the pro-choice folks are always going to exist, pushing you know to go even farther, whichever way. Now, to guys like you and me, and probably to most folks, you could probably talk about a 15-week ban, and we'd probably be, and again, it's easy for guys to say, but we'd right. probably be, yeah, that's fine. And then, of course. With exceptions, with of course the exception of life of the mother, life of the baby. There's gonna, you know, yeah, because gonna come out again screaming with no skin, and we find this right, out at seven right. months. And, and, Do know, what's humane. And I don't think anybody, and I'm sure you would agree, and most of our friends on the left, maybe not all, but most of our friends on the left would say, you know, you probably shouldn't use abortion as birth control, right? That's kind of not the best thing. Um, but boy, it's t- it's an issue that's brutal to uh, to find compromise on, and and it's it's really, I mean, Republicans have to figure it out yeah you know and again I, I always go to bat for my republican friends in the abortion issue in that of the folks that i know that are pro-life i don't know any people that are just doing it because they want to stick it to democrats that is the issue they feel like they're saving the lives of babies and it's hard to say well fuck you for that right Sure. So I get sure. I get where they're coming from. Right, and I right. think in theory, to the point you just made, that nobody likes the idea of abortion as birth control or right. some of these things. But nonetheless, it's just a necessary evil that we have yeah, to figure out. Yeah, what was Clinton's out. great line? Safe, rare, and legal. Yeah. I think that's about as close to a compromise you can come. Safe, fair, and legal. So then you got to f- figure out the legal 15 weeks, 26 weeks, whatever it happens to be. But yeah, safe, rare, and legal. <laughs> and uh, they mentioned... But- during the debate last night, which to me probably looked like a Democrat debate from the 90s. They were saying, you know, we need to give up a birth control to these kids so they don't sure. have to have. Sure, sure. And I don't think that would right. have been a Republican talking point in right. 1996. Right. And how many times did Chris Christie basically say, we Republicans don't do a particularly good job of caring for people? I mean, he said it indirectly like three times. And- 
two it's people like a, on the a, stage t- said it, which has always been a Democrat talking point. Right, kind of a tacit admission that, yeah, we haven't done the best job we, of yeah, caring we, for people. Right. We, and, we need to, if we're talking about life, we need to be talking about all of life. Right, not and, just and, those and, and embryo uh, stages. Brielle stopped for dinner last night, but her and Patty were kind of doing their thing, but she caught a little bit of it, my daughter. And, you know, Brielle's a sharp kid. And she said, did you find it at all ironic that they went from shooting people at the border to protecting <laughs> life? And I was like, man, they did. Because just prior to one of the abortion segments, they were so, we need rough. to bring, you know, special forces down there and just shoot shoot to kill at the border. It's like, God dang, which life's you talking about here? That's pretty you rough, by the way. shooting people at the border. I mean, no, nobody wants fentanyl getting through the border, of course, but, you know, people trying to get away from dictators and stuff. Boy, we... And, and then again, Vivek, Vivek, well, I guess, wants to build a, a fence along the Canadian border. <laughs> I saw that. The Canadians, man. He, he's going, yeah, like, somebody tell Vivek we don't care about the white people getting in, right? <laughs> like, that's the, the hey, problem the Republicans have. Is the so, I, can you play that, Vivek? Or, or we can play it in a minute if you got some other stuff. But we've got a clip from Vivek that was pretty intense. Yeah, should be able to pull it right up. So, yeah, no problem. So, this was... Okay. Uh, please make your case. Why would you... Uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023, and I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. this is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to Governor Governor Christie. Why? Wow, huh? That was pretty good. Christmas. I think he may want to be Donald Trump's running mate. I think he may want to be Donald Trump's running mate. And you talk about a narrow audience. That is only the base. That's my sister yeah. up in New Jersey. I mean, th- there's nothing reasonable of that. He just said that Biden won a rigged election in 2020. He's the only person on the stage left, I think, that's saying that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's obviously looked at that lane and said, hey, this has worked for Trump. And, you know, maybe Donnie picks me. But, you know, good God, does that move the ball an inch down the field? Not an inch. No. No. Not an inch down the field. I, I mean, it, it does make you kind of speechless to see something like that. So, I mean, again, I think you could almost directly tie a lot of the losses and things that have happened with the GOP in the last, what, six, seven years directly to Trump, things he said, <laughs> policies, his handling of, of certain things. 
and completely ignored that right to blame completely. it on the chair. The, right. the, the, yeah, Ronna, uh, Romney McDaniel, who was uh, Mitt Romney's uh, niece, yeah. and um, right. He, so she was elected to the RNC chairmanship in 2017. Uh, uh, a uh no disrespect, but uh, or maybe disrespect. <laughs> uh, Mr. Trump was elected in 2016. You're talking about losing in 18, losing in 20, 22, and then of course that was from yesterday's debate. So he was talking about Tuesday night, Andy Bashir winning, uh, the Virginia. Uh, House and Senate both going, uh, the Ohioans voting to, to um, mandate abortion in their constitution, also voting to uh, decriminalize or legalize recreational marijuana. So, you know, we lost, we lost. And it's Ronna McDaniel and the RNC's fault, not Donald Trump's fault, Vivek. I mean, really, that would be the question. Like, wait a minute. And and he was calling out Kristen Welker, who is the woman who took over on Meet the Press for Chuck Todd. And who just Joe Rogan, Greg Gutfield, and Elon Musk? Or no, Gutfield, he was talking about. Yeah, about, yeah. Uh, moderating uh, a Democratic debate. Three, uh, he talked about three. I mean, I guess he doesn't want to entertain anything from the other side. He just wants everything to be a myopic <laughs> right-wing view of America. And, and to me, the only point in there that made sense is, yeah, that would be a pretty watchable debate to see <laughs> Joe Rogan. Now, again, or not again, but I, having watched a pretty fair amount of Joe Rogan, probably not in a couple of years, I never found him to be extremely partisan or uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. You know, they're pretty staunch on a few things, but they're not, you know, complete right wing hacks right. that are just going to agree. I would with agree it. with yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, that I would be a pretty entertaining debate. Yeah. I mean, Musk, you know, made that point when he came on Mars show. Uh, after all, I am the guy pushing electric cars. You know, right. I can't be that much of a right Exactly. But so. yeah, Vivek, man, I, I, you know, I guess. And you're going to have to take responsibility at some point for losing elections. You, you, That's right. You can't just That's right. be the party of, and they cheated and we, That's we right. lost again. Like, That's right. You can't be a, a Kentucky Wildcat fan after the refs cost us a game fucking forever. Eventually, uh, you're going to. Well, no, I think you can. <laughs> well, <laughs> Boy, I get under my coworker skins, you know, because they never fucking lose Kentucky no, no. basketball. I, it's I, always I, the fault of the refs. I, always. I'm sure it's the same way with Ohio State football. And, and probably my Vols, too. But it's funny. I posted on Facebook, I do a time hop where you can see what you posted last year and the year before, et cetera. Yeah, sure, sure. And I posted, I wonder if, because uh, uh, I think Kentucky was going to play Tennessee in football, and I put, I wonder if Kentucky's going to win or if the refs are going to cost them the game tomorrow. <laughs> so, But it, it is, it's so hard to watch. And look, yeah, sometimes the refs make a difference. But, but. you make a great point. At some point, the Republican Party, if they're going to get back to the GOP, grand old party, which they are a far, far distance from, the party that both my uncles Eddie and Jamie were a part of, and they were not kooky MAGA people, they were just conservative business folks, uh, you got Gotta, you got to look at who you are and what the message is you're putting out and who right now is the front runner in your party and how distasteful so many across America find that and stop blaming the fucking referees who you say stole the election from you. Bullshit. Right. Or at least to those of us that follow politics and are sane. And, and again, I think we've said this from day one after the election. Look, nobody's saying that political cheating has never occurred or is completely impossible in this great country we live in. But look, you can't just say it. You got to give us some proof. Right. You got to take it in front sure. of a judge, and they, they took it to plenty of judges that were appointed by sixty-three, right? And there was nothing. There was just nothing there. So exactly. now to see this shit still on Twitter or X or whatever. Oh well, here's the dump, and here's a picture of this. It's just all mishmash, fake garbage that's just appeasing this group of people that are 
hearing what they want to hear. Yeah, and that, th- and I don't want to go into that fucking steel dossier, et cetera, et cetera. But there were the problem was Robert Mueller. You remember that famous comment? He was the special prosecutor who looked at uh, the Russian collusion, and then I guess in the summer of seventeen, he said that there wasn't. I think what he said was, if it wasn't the president of the United States, there would be enough evidence to bring charges. But I'm not going to do that, given that he is the president. Right. It wasn't like there was not any there there. There was right. some there there. But yeah. now for Republicans, it's just become gospel that, oh, it was all just a made up bunch of fake stuff. Right. It wasn't a made up bunch of fake stuff. Was it was it dirty politics? Was it hardball, hardball politics? From the from the left, yes, no doubt about it. Politics is a big boy game. You get your nose bloodied. Did they bloody Trump's nose? Yes, they did. Did they just make stuff out of thin air? They did not. And don't they lose the credibility on that issue anyway, since they're literally as we speak, and they announced before he even took office that they were going to impeach Joe Biden yes. with literally no evidence, yes. and they've been trying to do it since he's been president. Yeah, supposedly and again, they brought some subpoenas just yesterday. I mean, yeah. Right. No, it's crazy. No, yeah. His brother and his son both got right. subpoenaed yesterday. Right. And again, we've said it a hundred times. It, it, it maybe bears repeating. If it's there, let's see it. Let's go. You know, by all means. And guys like you and I will say, man, that guy. All right, Joe. But I also, still- it's a little un-American too, though, Ray. And, and, and even for somebody in politics, and, and maybe somebody on the right would say, it's all you did to Trump. But <laughs> you can't just say, we're going to go through everything you've ever done. And then, you know. Without anything, just looking for something, right? right? There has to be, what's the the term? The reasonable assumption of guilt before you literally, you know, right. dive into somebody's life. And again, when you're in reasonable politics, assumption of innocence. yeah, but when you're a politician, you are opening yourself up to that sure. spotlight. You're a public so person. You should expect it. Biden expects it. Trump should have expected it as well. But you can't just investigate with nothing all the time. There has to be something. Yes. Now, did the left hate Trump? Yes, I think they did in the same way that the right hated Obama. Right. I get that. Um, were they over the top in some of their attacks? Sure. Uh, uh, the comedian, uh, you know, who cut the head off Trump's head and uh, Kathy Griffith, Griffith. Griffith. Yeah. you know, was that stuff crazy and over the top? Sure, it was. And it just gives ammunition to the right to say, see how they treat this guy. But to your point, you can't constantly blame the referees for your losses. Right. It's not the referees. It's got to be something that you're representing, something that you're saying, something that people are perceiving, because in politics, perception becomes reality. Right. And if if the perception is that with the exception of 30 percent in the MAGA base, this is a once great party completely out of touch with anything American people are about, that does that's not going to win you elections. Right. And I think the hard part is, is that people have seen kind of this off the wall, you know, we, we were cheated out of this election and it's all fake and it's fake news and none of it's real. That's starting to, or not starting to, that's what's been resonating with the base, which is sad. You'd like to see the base be the smart group of of Republicans that, you know, stop this nonsense. Let's get back to lower taxes. Let's get, you know, smaller government, et cetera. And instead, it's just turned into this carnival that's saying, we'll take all the freak votes you want, like, you know, bring in all the internet conspiracy theorists and the racists, and, you know, we we don't care. We just want to win elections. I mean, that's a great point. Very little policy comes out of this current state of Republican policymakers, does it? Very little. McCarthy McCarthy got almost nothing done. What did Trump get done? A big tax break for wealthy people? What the fuck else? They did did some work in in Israel with with Kushner, and uh, he did a little bit of 
prison reform, so kudos on that. But it doesn't seem to be a party that, you know, it's, it's funny. Maybe you got to take Republicans at their word. Smaller government, we hate government. Okay, well, then get out of the way and let the people who don't necessarily hate it run it because right. there is a place for government. So if you hate it and you don't want to run it, then fucking move over. What are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. What's the Jim Jordan uh, trying to be Speaker of the House and Jim Jordan... Uh, Congressman for over 15 years, I think. I think that's right. Had never sponsored a past bill. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're just, again, what are you doing there if you don't want to be a part of the political process? If you don't like what Democrats are doing, fine. Give us your ideas. Like, win on those. But it's like, well, we don't really have ideas, but we really hate your we ideas. really hate ideas. Now, what's the chances? I asked my brother this. I don't think he texted me back. Um, so I'm old enough, Tris, and this is a true story, and I would have only been seven years old. And my love of politics comes not from dad. Dad was a lover of sports. I don't think he cared about politics. My mother loved it and absorbed all of it. Probably in a different era could have maybe run for office, but you know, she was a That's homemaker true. and you know, she, she was just very, she was that woman who um, could sit with the men and go toe to toe. Cause back then 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, it was the men smoking sure. cigars and drinking scotch and bourbon and the women talking about the fucking knitting and the book club or whatever. Yeah. But mom would be right there with the men. I'm sure not all men appreciated that, Nice. but I, I was in the, uh, TV room. We call it a TV room. It's a small four-bedroom house, and one of them was a little TV room, black and white TV. And I remember it, Tristan, and I would have been seven. It was the spring of 68, uh, March, when Lyndon Johnson gave that speech. And, of course, no social media, internet, so nobody knew. There was nothing advanced or leaked. And it was a speech about the Vietnam War, which, uh, which was sort of the overriding negative to LBJ's presidency, the, uh, the, you know, the sword over his head. And he said at the end of that speech, I will not seek nor will I accept my party's nomination for presidency. And my mother audibly gasped. She was a Democrat. She went, <gasps> like that. And I was like, I didn't really know what was going on, but something right. big just happened. And yeah. then, you know, I, I, it's just a memory of mine. Any chance Biden does that? Man, I know a lot of people on our side want that to happen. I think more people on both sides want that to happen. I think more and more every day. And I like Joe, and I think he's been an effective uh, executive. But um, does perception become reality? You know, and he will be eighty-six at the end of his term. Is it? You know, some people speculate at the holidays. He's. I've sat with my family, and you know, for the sake of everyone, I I, I did what I had to do. I beat. Uh, I beat the the, the Lion King, L Y I N, and uh, and I'm going to step aside um, for the sake of a newer generation, whatever. Now you would still have enough time because the primary season then would start in earnest, and you know you'd have Newsom and Whitmer and Kamala Harris would be in there. There's uh, Jared Polis from. I think uh, the governor of uh, Colorado, there's the governor of Illinois, Pritzker. I mean, there's a pretty deep bench of Democrats that could have a, a pretty decent little fight. But I agree. But boy, stepping away from the power of the presidency, man, that's, yeah. that's a big ask. Right. I, I don't know, man. It's tough. No, if you I, I if have you, no idea. If you had the president's ear, if I had the president's ear, what would we say to him? Would you say, Mr. President, that would be a good move or would you? It's tough, isn't it? You know, the thing, and I will say, and you know, it's just us Democrats sitting in here privately talking amongst ourselves. Here's what I feel like, and this is the truth, and it'll be the truth when they debate again this year, assuming Joe stays in. I, <laughs> I watched every debate four years ago holding my breath that he's going to, you know, fall asleep or, you know, pull a Joe Biden and say, you know, one of his, uh, you know, boners that he's always known Word for. Word salad. So- like, look, if the people around him are saying he's just as lucid now as he was four years ago, 
I'm fine. Okay. But it is scary because, you know, as you get older, your faculties do diminish. It's just a part of life. Well, and it is the cause celeb on Fox News. And that's yeah. what I mean about perception becoming reality. You just put Fox News on and there's never one bit of decent, even decent Biden news. Although no. although it's been a little different with this Israeli situation. But it's just Joe is adult. He's drooling. And it's Joe. It's so that it's just so informal. It's never the president. It's just and that and that's intended to piss people like me off. And it does. So sure. so they're good at that. But it's just Joe is addled. Joe is Joe is drooling. Joe has gone around the bend. Joe, 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 Joe. And at some point, unfortunately, that that would be, I guess, the approach if you were, um, you know, if you were in that inner circle and you had the opportunity to get the president's ear. You say, you know, sir, I don't feel this way. But God dang, it looks like, you know, that perception is out there. And you know, he would say, I'm the only guy who's beaten Trump, and I can beat him again. But what? If you lost to him, what if he got you in round two and now he's back in? Now, and there's, does, no, you know, there's no guarantee that sure. Newsom or Whitmer or any of them, but it is, it, I think you get young people almost instantly because they don't want to vote for Trump. Young people? Yeah. What, is, what is the appeal to Trump for a young person? None. Yeah, but young people don't vote typically, so how much also does that matter? Well, yeah, I suppose that's right. I guess, I guess, again, if you continue to make abortion an issue, you can at least get some young girls out there, but you're right about that. Yeah. Ironically, the only that you saw those polls that came up in the six swing states, and that's the other thing about America. You know, it's it's Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona. There's six states. Used to be Florida, not anymore. Yeah. Um, Ohio's pretty much red now. But there's about six states that decide the election, and I think Trump was ahead in five of the six. You see that poll? I did see that poll. Right. But we're a year away, too. Well, we're sure we're a year away, but the only uh, demographic that Biden was ahead in was people over the age of 65. He really? Was, he was losing. I'm not saying he was behind, but he was losing. The, I should restate that. The only place he was gaining some voters was people over the age of 65. He was losing some black voters. He was losing some Hispanic voters. And he was using losing some youth voters. Because I think if you're a kid now and you're 28 years old and you're just married and you're starting your career and you're trying to buy a house and you look at fucking interest rates and you look at the price of homes you're pissed and so you say oh it's the guy in the white house you know which it's not but yeah. you know he's the symbol right yeah so i could see losing young people and then they look at him and he's 80 years old and they're hearing their mom and dad say well you know he's addled and he can't you know he barely breathes and then they're like oh well this guy i'm not gonna vote for him right but aren't there also just as many videos now again the, the of trump Rep struggling right but the republican messaging is always so much better you know, right? Like they, they find something and they latch on like a tick yeah. and they're going to be, you know, Hillary Benghazi, Hillary Benghazi. Right. They're going to beat you over the head with it until you think, and something must have been going on. That's They've my said point. it four million that, times. That's, Hillary's emails had some bad stuff in them. I've heard it a million times. Absolutely. You know, and and that's what they're doing now with Biden. And just nobody's showing, right. Nobody's showing clips of Donald Trump, you know, constantly because they will, you know, periodically a Seth Myers will have a clip of, you know, Trump not knowing what city he's in, which happened at Sioux <laughs> right, Falls right. a week ago. Right, right. But they'll air it once. The next night, it's something else. Right. Like they don't latch on and just beat you over the head with it. And I think th that's good marketing on the Republicans. Good on them for knowing the repetition is what gets in your brain. You know, it would be funny though if Biden did make that announcement at Christmas. All of those fucking attacks from Fox News go away because now he oh, doesn't make yeah. a difference. So now they sure. start with Gavin Newsom. Was oh. you know he was married to that. Gulfoil, whatever her Gilfoyle. name is, Gilfoyle Trump's, is Trump's right. kid. Yeah, that's a weird little. That's strange. You know, get her on the interview. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, that's all I got. What else you got? Nice. Well, let's thank Nate. 
How yeah, cool is what yeah, Nate yeah, did? yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, Mr. Metz. So we got so uh, Nate Stoveleg Media, who handles our podcast. We are, I don't want to brag, but probably his favorite and best podcast oh, yeah. on the top yeah. of the list, would you say? Sure. So we get an email from Nate. We might have been listed first or last. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Nate sends us an email that says, uh, like, he usually bills us monthly and he didn't bill us for like four months. And Ray kept telling me, man, you need to email Nate. He just hasn't been billing. And I'm like, Hey, he'll get us a bill. Like he's probably just letting it add up a little bit. And we get an email that said, you know what? The couple months that I didn't send you a bill, let's just not worry about it. And, and so for full disclosure, we pay $20 a month for what Nate does to our podcast. And he said, don't worry about it. And then also instead of paying 20 bucks a month in 2024, just do $50 one time and we'll call it a year. That's not so, bad. so yeah, that's like a two or $300 swing for us. So yeah. that's thanks, Nate. Yeah. That's pretty no, it's very it, cool. Almost, Thank you, Nate. Working in business. I almost never have anybody call me and say, Hey, I'm the deal we agreed to. I'm just going to put it away and give it to you for a 10, 10% no. of that. Exactly. Right. So Thank you, man. That exactly. Was right. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. And do you, do you want to hear a ridiculous uh, toolbox story? Toolbox. Yeah, this is this is the part where we come down from our political. Sure, high. Well, that's good. So I have I've the older I get, the more I want to be in my garage, and I just love. And I'm not a handyman, but I'm getting better at watching a YouTube video and being well, able to do helpful, a little man. something. Yeah, sure. So much. Right. And so I bought a toolbox from. If you may know Don France from Madison Transmission, I think so. Older guy had Madison Transmission right. in town forever. He sold me an old tra- Craftsman, like one of the big stand-up garage toolboxes. Big red, big one. red one. It's circa 2006. I've had this thing literally, what is that, 18 years now. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm fixing up my garage. It's looking pretty nice. I want a nice, big, new, fancy toolbox. So I go up to Harbor Freight, and yep. they've got a really nice stand-up. It's called like U.S. General is their toolbox brand. And uh, it's really inexpensive. They said it's the last one. It's the floor model. We've discontinued it. It's the last that's one around. That's a way to buy something. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, well, that's nice. And I'm like, well, you know, so I think the price, because it's a bottom and a top, was 250 for the bottom, 150 for the top. So, what, $400. And then there was like 20% off that. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. And the guy was like, but I can't sell it to you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sucks. He's like, well, it's kind of the, the general manager of the store's discretion. And, you know, she's not here and you know, we're probably not going to sell it until we get the green light from corporate or whatever. So I call back that night and I say, when's the general manager coming in? So she was coming in the next morning. I call the next morning, which was this past Sunday. And uh, we'd had an interaction a couple months back and she was very, very friendly. And so I call her up and I call her Melissa. I don't remember what her name is off the top of my head. I said, Melissa, you guys have a toolbox that I know it's your last one. I know it's discontinued and I know it's up to you when you can sell that would love it if you would sell me that toolbox. And she was like, uh, she thought about it for a second and she's like, yeah, you know what? Come on up. You can get it and, and you can have it. And I was like, Oh, that's great. So sprint up, get this toolbox, uh, take it home. This is all Sunday morning before like 10 o'clock. Wow. Get to the house. I'm so excited. Times Harbor Freight open like nine. Really? Yeah. So time change just okay. happened. Wow. And yeah. So I'm up early because of time change, I think. And I get home and it's, you know, it's in two parts. There's a bigger part and like a slightly smaller sure. part. And right. I decide to pull the bigger part out first. And as I'm pulling the bigger part out, I don't realize that the littler toolbox is sort of kind of attached just comes ripping out into my concrete and gr- garage and just dent the shit out of dents it. Dents the shit like it's sideways. Oh, Ray, no I was so shit. mad because there's no replacing it. Right. Like, and they yeah. were nice enough. They said, you can have your money back. 
on the one that like I like a dummy just fucking threw accidentally into the my concrete garage. So I don't know if the story gets any better. It's kind of just worse. So I'm just so mad and frustrated with myself. Like I call and they say, well, you could just bring it back and get your money back. It's no problem. I'm like, yeah, it's really sweet of you guys. So I take it back up there. Now, what'd you say when you called them? Exactly what I did. I said, look, I was pulling it out of the, my, my SUV and just fell out like which is exactly what actually happened and they're like yeah you got five days no matter what okay is the store policy on clearance because it was on clearance right so i go back and I, and I get my money back and i'm just sitting in and i'm actually looking i start looking online for anything similar and it's blue so i'm looking for anything similar blue to sit on top of this toolbox and i'm finding nothing so i look for like two days and then end up Going back up to Harbor Freight and buying my crooked toolbox oh, piece. no way. Still, like, they had put it on clearance again <laughs> for less than it was originally. So now, and I'll show you a, a picture when we're off oh, air, but I've just got great. this crooked top toolbox. So Good now that I just God. see it every day and it reminds me what a fucking idiot I am. Oh, that is too funny. Yeah. And what'd you get it for? Uh, well, the second time it was 100 bucks. Oh, man. So I, I broke it and then saved 50 bucks. God. But like the cheapest, even similar blue toolbox was like three hundred and fifty dollars. That, that is kind wild. Of, and I was like, oh, God, it's a good store. Yeah. So, so that was literally my whole. And I've that's been, funny. I've been mad since then. So that that was it. <laughs> oh God. So um, the only other thing I have on the list, which we're a couple of weeks away, but we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Do you have mm. any good Thanksgiving stories? Oh my goodness, I remember. <laughs> This is probably so. Patty and I used to used to bring the kids to Jersey pretty much every Thanksgiving because you know little kids you wanted to have them home and um, you know for Christmas. So Burrell was born in ninety one, Ray in ninety five. So this is probably late nineties. Up to my brother's house in in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, Twenty Garden Place. We are Twenty Garden Place, where I grew up, and um, my cousin Jimmy, who I see very sporadically. Uh, first cousin, um, um, his mom and Jean and dad were brother and sisters. And Jimmy says, um, hey, Buzz, I hear you're coming up. You want to get together Thanksgiving night? And I had a friend down from Maine. My buddy Rex was coming down, so and I don't see him often. So we're getting together. and Yeah, okay, Jimmy, looking forward to see you. What, you know, what's up? Oh, no, no, that's just, just something for you. Okay, well, yeah, all right, sure. So we eat a nice meal, and we hang out and chat. And again, my, my, my memory is, is a little vague, excepting this, because even 25 years ago. So Jimmy shows up after the Thanksgiving meal, and he's there, Tristan, to do a fucking Amway pitch. Oh, no. Oh, yes. On Thanksgiving? Oh, yes. Oh, no. Tommy, do you remember? So I think, oh. it was, I think it was Rex and his wife, Joan, and I was there, my brother, <laughs> maybe another person. And one by one, they start dropping out because oh, Rex, yeah. Rex is a very frank dude. Right. And he's like, fuck, man, I didn't drive down from Maine to listen to this right. I'm at it. And now Come I'm on. sitting there. Oh, and it's God. like, Jim, are you kidding me? Thanksgiving <laughs> night, you're pitching me effing Amway? Oh, Come no. on, dude. That is rough. That is a true, true story. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> now, the same guy <laughs> that I mentioned that was uh, the good friend of mine that had went to the, the meeting where they told him abortion was a good issue for them to sort of already yes. have solved. Now, this same guy, wonderful man, uh, was talked into going to this uh, 
Uh, is this Thanksgiving? No, it was not oh, Thanksgiving oh, oh, at oh. least, but they had uh, one of uh, the guys that was a mutual friend of ours had talked him into going to uh, like a, was it a vacuum cleaner pitch? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, like a and, rainbow? Yeah, and he didn't realize what he was doing. <laughs> and, and, no, I don't think it was a, va- like he also sold vacuums for a while, <laughs> this poor guy. But anyway, he had sucked him into this meeting, you know, just one of those like timeshare <laughs> yeah. meetings yeah, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, just yeah. got you for oh, an yeah. hour. But yeah. man, but. To that point, that's miserable. But oh. to do that on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to somebody, night. ooh, that's yeah. that's a complete lack of tact. That was awful. Oh, yeah, shit, so that's, that's a Thanksgiving miserable. story I remember. <laughs> but I will say this. I love Thanksgiving. I think Christmas is a great holiday when you're a kid and when you have kids. But Thanksgiving is kind of the adult holiday. You eat too much. You drink too much. You carry on. You know, it's the kids aren't as important, which is always good in my life. Uh, you know, you sit with adults and you have a great time. I really love Thanksgiving. I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving, too. It's, it's always nice. Now, I will say, if I had one complaint, and I tell this story only because my wife doesn't listen, but, <laughs> but we, you know, you. we do it with her family, which is, it's, I love her family. Like, I've got a great set of in-laws, but it's, you know, very, they don't drink. So mm. it's never, like, we've never had a glass of wine with Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can't drink in front of them, or you don't? I wouldn't mind, but I wouldn't want to be one of 20 yeah. people, you know, having a drink. Yeah, so no, it, that's different. And it is definitely, a, you know, a social lubricant. It's it is. Nice. It would be nice sure. to have a glass of wine 100%. with Thanksgiving and get that's a little right. loose. But it's, you know, so it could be better. But it's, no, I, I always enjoy you. it. It's yeah. fun. I love the people, you know, but it's an you know hour and a half drive, eat. Middlesbrough? Uh, usually Middlesbrough, we've been doing it in La Follette last yeah. couple of years where her dad lives. So, yeah. But my best Thanksgiving story, I don't know about best Thanksgiving story, but I'll tell you my, the one that pops into my mind when I think about Thanksgiving. So my mom and grandma used to periodically when mom was probably 30 and my grandma would have probably been in her upper forties would periodically go out to the bar. And this would be, I don't know, maybe once a month they would get together. I, you know, so my, your grandmother had your mother young. Yes. And my grandmother would get a six pack of Mick Ultra, pop a pill. <laughs> Jesus. Mom would, you know, mom would, you know, had been drinking Bush Light since noon. And they would go out to the bars wildly, you know, and it would be either one of my aunts would drive them or my grandma's boyfriend or somebody would drive. And, you know, the kids. 12, 13, 14, we're all kind of old enough to just hang out at my grandma's house or whatever while they did that. Now, this this one comes to mind because this was probably a couple days before Thanksgiving, but we were in the Thanksgiving kind of week and we we're in the spirit. It was a day or two away. So my mom and my grandma go out to the bar and get, you know, completely shit faced, which is what they would do. And they woke us up, you know, or I, I was asleep and kind of woke up and wandered into the kitchen. As you can imagine, not a huge house, kind of a you know, right. less than you grew huge, up poor. less than huge house. And, uh, woke up to my mom, asshole wasted, pouring beer on the Turkey to baste it. So she could, again, at 3am throw this Turkey in the stove. Oh, so completely ruined the Thanksgiving Turkey. And I'll never it. forget. Oh yeah. It was beer, you know, beer based. The Turkey is not great. Didn't pull any of the stuff out oh, of the inside funny, and just, man. you know, threw it in the oven and passed out. So then woke up at some point later with some <laughs> wow, that bullshit ruined. Turkey. So your mother's 30 and your grandma's like 50 or 49 exactly. had her at 18 or 19. <laughs> yeah. and they went out to the bars together. That's it. That's wild. Yeah. That's a country song. Oh God. That's so many country songs rolled into one. Now that puts me into mind of another. It's almost like the celebrity show. All right. Yeah. So here's another 
another Thanksgiving story. Nate Haskins, who I worked with for a couple of years, loved Nate, African American dude. And uh, Nate happens was to happened to be, right? And Nate was a great guy. And he came to me and he said, Hey Ray, it's like two days prior to Thanksgiving. He said, uh, he had this fucking spackle bucket. And he said, Can I freeze these for can I put these in a the walk-in freezer for a couple of days and I'll take them the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? I said, Yeah, absolutely, Nate. What are these? Man, it's chitlins. And I said, All right. I said, here's the deal. You can use it, but you gotta I've never tasted them in my life. You you've gotta bring some back and let me try them. Okay. So it's maybe Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. Nate, true to his word, he brings in some chitlins. You ever had them? Never. Know what they are? Sort of. Pig intestine. Oh, okay. Did not know then. So, I mean, look at me. I'll eat about anything. You know, <laughs> Matt, Matt Yeager loves to tell the story when he and I were working together and somebody brought some food. It might have been our friend JB, and they were Subway sandwiches. And I said, uh, uh, I'll eat it. What is it? And Yeager's, yeah. Yeager's like, you know, most, you, you hear I what you did? I still laugh at that. Yeah, you hear yeah. what you did? And I'm like, no. He goes, most people ask what it is and then make a determination whether or not they're going to fucking eat it. You said, I'll eat it. What is it? So that's me. I'll eat anything. I love that. So Nate brings up the chitlins, and Trisden, I try them. And I take a bite, and Trisden, it tastes literally like shit. It is, oh. it is pig intestines. Ah. And I swallow that, and I take one more bite, and I'm like, I can't do it. And I spit it out, and I'm like, Nate, man, I, I am sorry. <laughs> you know, No disrespect to your folks, your culture, but I just can't eat it. It literally tastes like shit. He goes, oh, yeah, man. When Grandma's baking them, you got to get out of the house. The whole house <laughs> smells like shit. That's I mean, awful. And, and, but, you know, in some respect, and I think what actually happens is they load, the black folks load, uh, or chitlin eaters, largely African-American, load it up with uh, hot, hot sauce. I guess you would they have to. Load it up with hot sauce, yeah. And you which know where he, a lot of the, that type told of me food later. comes from. Exactly. Slave but, days. You know, if you're, slave days, peasant yeah. food. But if you're, if all you have left is, you know, if all that's left from the big house is the fucking innards of the pig, and that's what you got to eat to survive, God bless you for oh, figuring yeah. it out. There you go. I mean, uh, uh, ribs was the same thing. Ribs was a cheap throwaway that nobody ate. Yeah. Now they've become, you know, now there's businesses built about around ribs and wings, yeah, but that, that was throwaway food. Yeah. So God bless you if you can figure out how to keep yourself alive but yeah it there was go. like golly man oh, now have you ever done mountain oysters uh familiar with those um testicles yeah yeah i have actually jackson's will like one day a week at least they did up and to I'm, a few years and ago. i'm not trying to be a, a, a fucking wise guy here i'm really not but you know i don't mind them but and i know you're gonna think i'm making a joke but it's true <laughs> they serve them with white gravy man oh that's true it's they do like, come on <laughs> golly maybe some I'm, ketchup i'm I just gonna know. have some nuts and white sauce here <laughs> you guys you know get your cheeseburger but yeah, no, I mean they're healthy. They're it's it's a steer's testicles, it's right? It's a big testicle, it's yeah. It's a big testicle, man, and you usually get two. I have had I have had lamb fries, some people call them. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't eat them every day, but frog's yeah. legs, frog's legs aren't bad. I've never really done a frog leg. It literally does taste like sweet chicken. I know everybody says chicken chicken, but no, frog's legs are fine. I've done but possum. I groundhog. did I never had possum or yeah. groundhog. People tell me ground dog's actually pretty good. I was a kid. I barely like, remember, but tastes it was, like pork. Yeah. But um yeah, I just could not do the chitlins, man. Yeah, I couldn't do that's it. Hilarious. Now, I love greens. Greens are wonderful. Oh, yeah. Well, little, so much soul food bitter, is really, but, really good. Yeah. But, uh, now, hey, I have a buddy ahead. of mine who tells me, I'd never had squirrel, but Paul, I, I, I shit you not, Paul said that a city squirrel tastes much better than a country squirrel because they're eating human food. They're eating the oh, shit we throw funny. out yeah. instead of acorns in the wild. That a city squirrel tastes better than a country squirrel. Interesting. Now, that's a country guy, man. Yeah, that guy knows a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I don't know if you want to talk about this on the show, but I did have something pretty unique happen to me. So I've got to, I've got to say I it. think it's too late not to talk about it on the show. <laughs> I'm going to try one of these dad root beer barrels. You, you just have that, that while I talk. Yeah. No, uh, if you hear a noise, it's me. I've been fired two times in a week and a half by the same person. That was a first. You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twice in a week and a half. Yeah. That's, that's got to be a new record. No, because that's, <laughs> you know, that's funny. I shouldn't have put this in my mouth. The r- first rule of public speaking <laughs> I, yeah, I've lo- is wanted no this the foreign whole time objects. I knew well, I, I think we're getting close to done. Yeah, We've been at this a while. <laughs> no, I did not fire you. The new owners that have come in, if you're listening to the show, you know that our uh, bowling center was bought out by some Indian gents. And um, he had a social no Jews allowed. Tr- Tristan has. They're not fucking Arabs. They're Hindus. I can tell you a funny story about that. <laughs> nice. Maybe can I spit this in here? That's too much, Tristan. Yeah, I want it again. I, you Perfect. Know, Look at that. Gave us a root, root beer candy chew when we Actually, walked in. And I said, root beer. I no, yeah, yeah, no way I can eat this now. But I, I've wanted it the whole time. But he owns a restaurant in Lexington, he being Himmel, Himmel Patel. And they've got a uh, woman who does their social media. Tristan has been doing social media for Galaxy for what now? A couple years. A few years, yeah. Yeah. Three years. And you so. do a great job. You really Thank do. You. Now, Appreciate truthfully, it. I, I just, it's not my purview. You know, Lucas does it. I don't, you know, that place could run easily without me, couldn't run without Lucas. And <laughs> Himmel, pretty much figured that out he's like what do you do here i'm like just let me get to 65 don't worry about what i do (laughs) but it's a good way to be yeah they brought this woman in and um yeah so they basically and i think it was driven by his wife a peshka and uh, i think i'm pronouncing that correctly that would just call her Ann. but she's tight with this young woman and and she's not going to hear this either the young woman she came today tristan to to meet with uh, Lucas and Trizen sent me a text that it looks like I'm locked out. And I'm like, Trizen, I don't know shit, but <laughs> I asked Lucas and I guess she changed it. But when I introduced myself, I'm Ray, the general manager. She said, I, how are you? I'm Ray, the general manager. How are you? She said, oh, I'm just dandy like cotton candy. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Hey, uh, Lucas, I'll be in the back counting some money. You're going <laughs> to, oh, Jesus. And she just didn't stop. Like, blah, blah, blah. Those so, people are tough to be around. And I guess she's like 28, and and I can tell you, I don't care to tell you what she's charging us. was a little bit more than you were charging us, 600 bucks a month. Now, if you have 20 clients at 600 bucks a month, is that not 12 grand a month? That would be right. That would be 12 grand a month. Yeah. Because that's what Lucas had it figured out. Right. So is this fucking 28-year-old kid making a six figures? Because you can't have a lot of overhead in that deal, she's can you? She's got 20 clients out, yeah. I guess so. That's, that's- 12, that's Twelve thousand dollars a month. Yeah, times pretty nice. Twelve months is one hundred forty-four grand, right? Yeah. Minus whatever cost. I mean, and that sets me. Should have learned and, a little bit about and, social media, and that gives me now uh, a better price range as I go out and sell other folks. Well, my understanding is because I talked to Tris, uh, Lucas before we came down, and I did bring Tristan a check today. He did he no, did, and I was going to say, know, in yeah. fairness, I only did a week's worth worth of work for got, that. So got, thank you, got your check, it's appreciated. But I think Lucas said they signed a six-month contract. So I would say to you, keep your Keep looking at it, see what they do, and uh, yeah, maybe in six months I get you back in there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's all good. I mean, we enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was fun, but it's you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, you did it's a not great a, job by all accounts. A, I am so bad. I've checked it maybe three times. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I got to learn some social media. But well, anyway, I I'll think- say the good thing that you guys do over there, and I hope that the, that you take it with you uh, into the new lady, is that like Matt would message me stuff. 
Exactly. The bartenders, the bartenders would. Yeah, right? and I don't think they will. Well, no. Everybody was a part of it, and it was nice because if anybody knew that this band canceled her, we got this special. And it was nice because then we had so many perspectives on what we were doing. So hope, and I think that really helped you out. And Lucas tried to explain that, but Hemel wasn't buying it. And That's he's funny. been pretty reasonable. But yeah. he, in fact, I guess that was part of today. I think they pulled, is it the admin? They yeah, pulled they from pulled, Instagram. They pulled yeah. all the admin from all the bartenders. So they're yeah. going to be pissed when they go on yeah. to talk about the band or, hey, we're hanging out behind the bar. They're not going to have the ability to do that anymore. Yeah. I think Which they're I trying think to, people like that. I think so, too. They're yeah. trying to make it like professional. And, you know, I, yeah. there's been a few things. I, I mean, he. Uh, but no, I mean, fuck. it's complete business and by all means, no, no big deal. But it was funny to be fired twice in like That's, literally a week and a half. Yeah, because that was I, pretty cool. I, I, right. Because this had <laughs> happened about two weeks ago and I told Trizan and I said, all right, let's stop. And to his credit, he was looking at the website and he's like, man, nothing's going on. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Just go back, start posting stuff and we'll pay you at least for the month of November, which was today's check. And then, you know, she comes today. So, yes, I, <laughs> I guess nice you were little, fired twice. Nice little uh, Christmas present. Or at least so, laid off. Indeed. But, so, well, let me just say this, sure. though, about um, Americans' ignorance. And uh, All right, so this is a couple of weeks back. So uh, Hemel is there with his wife, Apeshka, their son, Yash. And something Yash. came, me, me and Lucas, and something comes up about her. This is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> and I'm still working there. Something comes up about her being a terrible driver. Oh, no. And I say, a terrible driver, and you're not even Asian. And, <laughs> and, and Himmel goes, India is in Asia. And I'm like, do what? I was just going to say. I, just... I, I didn't. I mean, we Americans, we don't know fucking geography. That's funny. When geography comes up on Jeopardy, I'm like, uh-oh. You're but pretty I'm, good at ge uh, well, geography, though, to your but, credit. So I said, oh, okay, I guess that's right. So you're not from the Orient. You know, that was the yeah. old Orient. The right. Orient we associate with Japanese, right. Chinese, slant yeah. eyes, whatever. But that was pretty... That, that Did was, you just pull out a slant well, eyes? No, I'm just saying. Shout out Chris Barton. To distinguish yeah. from Indians, right? Yeah. But but Himmel just kind of looks at me like, you motherfucker, you know, it's uh, India, <laughs> India is in Asia. And I'm like, oh, I guess... Right. Good, good for you for being able <laughs> yes. to keep your job and yeah. and be a hundred percent yourself. But the, but to talk about the ignorant American, <laughs> yeah, right? and, that's and I, true. And I'm pretty good with this stuff. Yeah, I told you better about that, than most. Told you about that Irishman, right? Um, 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 shit, now I've forgotten his name, but he was Eddie. Eddie. He was from County Cork when Tommy and I were over there in '03, um, and we had gone to the same bar back to back nights in Galway. And Eddie was a haberdasher from uh, County Cork, and he was on vacation, and I was still, I, I'm sorry. He was on holiday, and I was still smoking, so I had bummed a couple cigarettes from him, and, and, and we were talking, and obviously it turned to politics, and I swear, Tristan, in, in an effort to, I think in a, in a, thinking he was complimenting me, this is what he said. He said, oh, you know, I think I was Buzz. You know, Buzz, for an American, you've got a lot of knowledge. For an American, like these Europeans just think this is a dumb motherfucking country. Well, that is sort of the side we show, right? Like, that's the side I of the news. So. Well, it's just like, you know, in Kentucky, when the trailer park gets the tornado, they're not going to the, the chairman of the bank to get an interview, right? They're getting They the, do. They exploit it. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's national news as well, kind of in a nutshell. Like, yeah. they're showing you the Cowboys and January 6th, and, you know, they're showing you the dum-dums. Yeah, no, I think that's true. But yeah. there is that perception. We're not Einstein in fucking France. No, yeah. no. All right, so we do need to wrap up. What yeah, might as well. So... Yeah, I've got a top 10 list, but first, I'd like to thank We Do Epoxy. Tony, Tony, I'm going to sell you something on my Facebook marketplace. We've we've messaged about a couple things this week. Oh, cool. But it, it, you can't do it right now, but make your plans. Call Tony right now, We Do Epoxy, and get scheduled 
for your garage floor I've in the spring. I've actually thought about it. Our garage oh, floor it's, is the stuff he can do. It's magic. Way. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And of course, Dad's flooring, they're going to have the new Berea Pond location in just a matter of weeks. So funny. stay tuned for details about that. That's funny. Uh, Front Porch Studios, our man Troy. The show would sound somehow even worse without Troy. And of course, Nate who at Stove Leg Media, who now is basically giving us money to do the podcast. Thanks, Nate. We appreciate that it. That is fantastic. So, it so, really you, is. so you want to do some dad jokes, and I'll pull out this uh, heavily sought-after top ten list? Yeah, I'll do two. Sweet. And I'm just going to do them random like I always do, taken from dad jokes, the good, the bad, the terrible, brought to you by Dad's Flooring. Why are fish so smart? Why? They're always in schools. Oh, pretty good. Nice. Did you hear about the cross-eyed teacher? <laughs> I did not. Couldn't control his pupils. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, so here's one that I can read. This is a long one. I went to a travel. Did I read this one? We can do a Ray repeat. I went to Ray repeat. I went to a travel agency last week to get some help planning my next vacation. I'd been speaking to an agent for a while about what I'd like to do on my trip, but there are so many great destinations in the world. I was having trouble deciding which place I wanted to visit. Well, that's easy. The agent told me you want to spend some time outdoors, and it would be beautiful in Oslo this time of year. Why don't you think about going there? I replied, "Oh no, I've heard Oslo is a particularly dangerous city. There's Norway I'd ever go." Wow, <laughs> nice. <was> really bad. <laughs> It was so bad, it was good. Okay. Like It was so bad, it went full circle to be, to be fun. So I'm done. So what is the top 10 list, Triz? Uh, well, we, in, in honor of uh, Governor... Did I hit the table this week? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, okay. how about... Oh, did I? Yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> well, you're looking at me. I mean, that's <laughs> nerve-wracking in itself. Andy Brashear just won yes, second term as governor. So, governor Brashear. Yeah, so in honor of Governor Brashear's election... Now, one of the things I'm fascinated at is I like blue governors in red states and i like red governors in blue states yeah kind of keeps a balance it's a bit they're a bit more moderate to oh, get in and to get along which me, i like let Go me ahead. interrupt you right there and sure. i know we are getting a little long on this show but what i got to be able to send this file remember that i <laughs> uh, think over an hour but i heard joe manchin announced today he's not running for re-election i saw that so that definitely tips the balance and there's not no way a democrat's right. going to get elected yeah that will be a senate seat for a republican so that yeah that's going to be a senate yeah. seat for republicans and manchin's talking about doing an exploration of the country and trying to find the middle which i love joe mentioned but is he tacitly now going to try and run for president maybe very well might yeah it'll be interesting yeah yeah so anyway i I like these guys that are joe manchin as a senator but andy brashear in kentucky he's so middle of the road and he's likable and he did a great job with covid absolutely he was reelected. um and again i think sort of the joke in my top 10 list is like you know when governor schwarzenegger as a republican governor of california was not very far right. Like he was very right, middle, right? Like Andy Brashear, very centrist, in Democrat. Yes, right. So on the heels of that, top ten things the internet thinks Andy Brashear is going to do during his second term. Okay, uh, number ten, he will insist on gender reassignment surgery for fetuses. <laughs> uh, number nine, Governor Brashear will make critical race theory mandatory for all kindergartners. <laughs> number eight. He will be updating the state flag from two men shaking hands to Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger from Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) He's very woke. Uh, Number seven, he's going to make the University of Kentucky men's basketball team co-ed. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number six, Andy. And they'll still blame the refs. It will be the refs' fault. (laughs) Number six, he will twerk on the grave of Colonel Sanders. That seems excessive. Uh, number five, Andy Brashear will turn the Kentucky Derby into a drag show for children. Wow, it's going to be a long second term. 
Number four, he will defund Miguel's Pizza at Red River Gorge. Yes, yes, yes. Which is overdue for yes. defunding of Miguel's Pizza. That's an inside joke if you don't know. That's good. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Come to Kentucky, go to Red River Gorge, have some pizza. Yeah, Miguel's. can't go wrong. Yeah. Number three, he will fund statewide abortions with the money raised from the Friends of Coal license plates. There you go. <laughs> hey, is it ironic to see a Friends of Coal license plate on a Tesla? And I'm not making a joke. Yeah, I would say Actually, very ironic. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, number two, to be more politically correct, he will change the name of Butcher Holler to Meat Slicing Person Holler. <laughs> and the number one thing, very centrist governor of Kentucky, Andy Brashear, is going to do in his second term, bathe in the blood of the unborn. Wow. Yeah. We'll bring it down. Yeah. Bring it down. Yeah. yeah. And that's Andy. He is. He is a far-flung, radical, left-wing. Centrist, you know, completely moderate. Yeah. Who I got so, to shake his hand. Yeah, Bri, I got some cool. pics with and him. And, you know, and, and right after that election was over, there was already talk of 28, like, you know, twice elected in a red state. He's, I just I just don't know. And he's, he's a very, very nice man. I just don't know. Not that I know him, but uh, does he have enough charisma? That's the only problem because you got to be charismatic, and you'll have to hire a, a guy. Dry. He's he, he is a bit dry, a bit dry, nice enough, but yeah, I mean, he's got some work to do. With we the are way long, but I just thought of this because I asked you if uh, if if and I'm putting my candy was racist. How about I was behind a big? Now you got to picture this pickup truck, big redneck, big wheeled, high lift pickup truck, and on the back window, Tristan, it said, "This truck made by wrenches, not chopsticks." Oh, wow. Now, that's a slightly racist. Another Chris Barton shout out for my Asian friend that I wish would listen so I could make fun of him. That's slightly not, racist, is it that. not? Of course, we don't believe that stuff. But yeah, that's, that is that's, pretty that's rough. That's a little racist. That yeah. is a bit. All right, brother Troy, I hope I can get this to you. And oh, there it is. There's yeah. the, oh, the, is that the, the ding? Oh. Toolbox. Ah, it just showed it's me the toolbox. The leaning toolbox of Pisa Ray. <laughs> Stupid fucking But you got 50 bucks off. 50 bucks. You bastard. Oh, that's so funny. All right, Tris. Till next week. Thank you. Fun show. Take care. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.